thank you for their, our Bible study, our worship service, and our film immediately following our worship service today as we study about last days and being ready for Christ's return. For all these, we pray your blessings as you've taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And at this time, I'm glad to introduce to you and... And Julie, you may want to introduce yourself and the relationship that you had with, okay. with our beloved Boone and Kurt. <laughs> I asked Mike to share this morning. He didn't feel prepared to share anything on scripture, Mike, but I said, would you share some of your message yesterday on, on Boone? So if Mike appears suddenly, we'll call on Mike to share that, but at this okay. time, would you introduce yourself to us? Someone's waving over there. Hello, my name's Julie, and I am Kurt's, uh, was Kurt's girlfriend, I guess you could say, for 13 and a half years. And uh, we had a very special relationship. It was in the way of, I can say, I probably the first relationship I actually really had trust. And that was huge for me. And um, he was a, you know, love of my life. And he, he tended to put me on a pedestal, I felt, a lot of times. <laughs> and so, pressure on me, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he's probably uh, the most spiritual person I've ever met. And that's about all I can say. I loved him with all my heart, and I'm going to miss him. And extremely, um, although I do know he's at peace, and I felt that immediately, and I know that. I know that for sure, and it makes it, it makes it easier. So, I guess with that, uh, rest in peace, Kurt, and I can feel his presence, he's here. <laughs> So I'm going to be reading Luke 19, 1 through 10. And excuse me if I have to pause. <laughs> um, he, he, okay. he entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacharias, who was a chief tax collector and rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not on account of the crowd, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacharias, make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacharias stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded any one of anything, I restored it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. 
for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's give that duly round of applause. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's not an easy task, getting big shoes to fill. I know many of you, by way of television, are going to miss Boone, and we miss Boone and, and Kurt, and, but I'm hoping that, Julie, you're going to fill those shoes. Amen. Well, we'll get you some lifters or something. Amen. I don't believe Mike is here, so we're just going to kind of move along here, and if he happens to show up, he... Uh, both um, Tina and Mike were to get me to, they wanted to transport me to the committal service, and they, they were just bent on getting us something to eat, and I have no trouble going, you know, days without food sometimes, but they felt we had to get food, and they said it would only take a minute, and they got on their cell phone, and they ordered food in advance at, at McDonald's, and that probably took half an hour, 45 minutes, which put it um, almost right to the point. And Julie, you called us. Didn't you call us? Or was that Jill that called him? And we were kind of meeting him out at the committal service, so. And Mike didn't. You did. You did. Yeah, I appreciate that call. And um, I'm one that, you know, I'll be early for a root canal. I mean, I just like to sit around and be ready. There's nothing um, worse than persons that aren't prompt. And we want to be courteous of the Lord and courteous of those by way of television and that and, and promptness. The Lord, is, the Lord is prompt with us, and we need to be prompt one with another. Um, these verses here describe the conversion of a soul. Now, if your soul has been converted, you should have a kind of a statement of faith, too. Now, I think probably, Chris, you probably don't get our, our all-church call, and you probably didn't learn about the fact that Boone left the church here Sunday, and one of the last things he said, Praise the Lord! I'm going to go see... Julie, I said, well, before you go see Ju Julie, you need to get some of Mike, what do you call it, Mike? Sloppy Joes. They, I mean, with a, with an emphasis on the Joe, Sloppy Joes, yeah. And he said, okay, I'll go and get some. And then he, he gathered enough for Julie and himself and went, went there. But there's some alternate plans. Would you want to go to Culver's or something or? Some decision was made to go to Culver's, right, because, you know, nothing beats Mike's Sloppy Joe's. Sloppy Joe's are up there. Culver's is down here. And you repeatedly tried to get a hold of Kurt. And when you couldn't get a hold of him because they, went to, they wanted to feast on those Sloppy Joe's, and, and then Mike and Tina provided an apartment or living quarters for Boone and... and from Sunday night, it was from Sunday night to Monday night, and they assumed, because they hadn't noticed that his car, they assumed that his car had left, but it wasn't, it was still there. Mike discovered a boon at, at peace, 
very restful, but he had passed away sometime between Sunday night and Monday night. We are all kind of grieving. Our church has taken a tremendous loss just in the last few months with Vern Peterson and Lee Gross and Rabbi and and Kurt. I mean, just irreplaceable people that had unique responsibilities and and um, they they were all like I like to think of and refer to they they were in the tree and they came down from the tree just like we all do they came down to the land and were kind of like Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a wee little man a wee little man was he and Jesus saw him and said Zacchaeus come down and Zacchaeus came down from that sycamore tree well these these verses here describe the conversion of a soul and you and I we all need to have a testimony we all need to come to that point in our lives where we need to realize that we are converted like the stories of Nicodemus the Samaritan woman the story of Zacchaeus should be frequently frequently studied by Christians and frequently viewed by Christians we find in this that the Lord Jesus Christ never never changes Jesus, like the word of God, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. What he did for the person before us, Zacchaeus, Jesus is able to do and willing to do for any one of ourselves. So if you could picture yourself, and many times I've read this, this story, I like to read the Bible every year, and the many times that I've, I read this story, I like to put myself in that position and I like to see myself a small stature and like to see myself up in that tree and coming down from whatever area we are and then coming into the presence of Jesus so you need to view yourself as the Zacchaeus here we have this story for a reason it's not only historical but it's to be personalized by yourself we learn firstly First, we learn from these verses that no one is too bad. No one. No one is too bad to be saved. Or no one is beyond the power of Christ's grace. We are told of a wealthy person becoming a disciple of Christ. A more unlikely event we cannot well imagine. We see the as Jesus said, we see the camel passing through the eye of a needle, and we see a rich man entering the kingdom of God. We behold the, pl the plain proof that, that all things, all things are possible with God. In the last time I looked up the definition of all in Merriam-Webster's dictionary is, is all, nothing outside of all. We see a, a covetous tax gatherer transformed into a, a giving Christian. And when God gets a hold of your mind, and when God gets a hold of your heart, and when ultimately God gets a hold of your pocketbook, he moves from the head to the heart to the wallet. You see a transformation. You see the door of hope which the gospel reveals. 
to sinners. It's a very wide open door. Let us leave it open as we find it. Let us not attempt to be narrow-minded ignorant to shut it out. We should never be afraid to maintain that Christ is able to save sinners of the uttermost to the uppermost able to save to the uttermost and that the the vilest the vilest of sinners may be freely forgiven if if they will only come to Jesus I remember early in my ministry some almost 50 years ago I went into the apartment of a, a lady this lady is still alive by Bumgardner. I was doing her husband's funeral, tiny Bumgardner, who owned and operated Sherman's Ford in, in Deer River, Minnesota. And I went into Sevi, who at that time was 55. Now she's currently 105, 105 years old. And I prayed with her for the comfort that only Christ could bring at the death of her husband. Because Tiny's um, outreach, and I don't know why it is that he had the name Tiny, because he's like probably almost seven feet tall and almost 400 pounds. But Tiny Bumgardner was known far and wide. He, he beat the prices of Grand Rapids and Bemidji the small Ford dealership in Deer River, Minnesota, known far and wide. And when we had his funeral, it was just, just packed. Hundreds of people showed up. And I offered the gospel of Jesus Christ that good news at his service. As you and I, whether we're in the pulpit or whether we're in the pew, we should offer the gospel boldly to the, the worst and the wickedest and say there is hope there is hope for all of us only repent and believe though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool according to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 I never like to um, say any scripture unless I quote the, the chapter and verse now, such doctrine may seem to worldly people foolishness and, and licentiousness, but such doctrine is the gospel of Jesus who, who saved Jer Zacchaeus in, in Jericho. There is hope if only we repent and if only we believe. You, you know, hospitals, and I somewhat started my ministry, I... I had a little let up and I went from pulpit ministry to chaplaincy at the University of, of Minnesota and I, I was in charge of, at that time it was called Station 30 and it was those who were in hospice care and had already been told that they just had days or weeks or months on this earth. Now hospitals discharge many cases as incurable but there's no incurable cases under the gospel of Jesus Christ 
There's no dismissal of those who want to repent and believe. Any sinner can be healed, and that sinner needs only come to Jesus Christ. We learn, secondly, from these verses that we just read, we, we learn, secondly, from these verses, how little, how very little and insignificant are the things on which a, a soul's salvation often turns. I wish we had time to kind of go around and, and get in little cells, little groups, and share our personal stories, our salvation stories. See, no one can criticize your personal testimony because it's your personal testimony, your walk with Christ, your decision for Jesus Christ. We are told that Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus, sought to see Jesus and who Jesus was, and he could not because he was a wee little man. He was of little stature. But what did Zacchaeus have? He had that spirit of curiosity. Curiosity. And nothing but curiosity appears to have been the motive of his mind. You and I, we little realized that before we call on Christ, that Christ calls us. That curiosity, once roused, Zacchaeus was, was determined to gratify that curiosity. That curiosity, once roused, Zacchaeus was determined to gratify it. Rather than not see Jesus, he ran on before along the road and just pictured Zacchaeus running. And what did he do? He climbed up into a tree. We refer to a sycamore tree. I could kind of lead you, lead you in singing. You know, I did it for many years in VBS, the Vacation Bible School. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree. Amen. That curiosity. Rather than not see Jesus, he ran on before and he climbed up into his tree. And upon that little action, that little, little action, as far as man's eyes can see, there, there hinge the salvation of his soul. Those by way of television or radio or YouTube and all the means mechanically we have to get that word of truth out, what is keeping you from climbing down from that tree? It could be a, a tree of pride. It could be a, a tree of arrogance. It could be a, a tree of whatever attitude and coming to Jesus. It says, our Lord stopped under the tree, and he said, come down, come down. I must abide at thy house. Have you ever asked Jesus to abide in your house? And once you've asked him into your house, you show him around, and you take him to the various rooms of your house. I've been asked at times to bless people's houses, when they've moved in and we go from room to room or so and closet to closet and we bless that house. We, we bless it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And our Lord stopped underneath the tree and he says, come down, Zacchaeus. 
I must, what, abide in thy house. Have you asked Jesus to abide in your house? If not, why not? And from that very moment, Zacchaeus was an altered person. He was altered. And that very night, he laid down a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. We must never despise the day of small things, according to Zechariah chapter 4.10. Never despise the day of small things. We must never reckon anything little that concerns the soul. Concerns the soul. Jesus says, you know, it'd be better for that individual that harms a little child, that a millstone stone be hung around their neck and they be drowned in the ocean. Scripture upon scripture that reminds us to be pro-life rather than pro-death or pro-choice and to vote for those and support those who are part of the pro-life movement. Our Lord stopped underneath that tree and he says, come down. And he's saying to you and I, come down. And Jesus wants to abide in your house and in your head, in your heart, in your wallet. We must never despise the day of small things. We must never reckon anything little that, that concerns a soul. And the ways by which the Holy Ghost leads men and women, boys and girls, to Christ, they're wonderful and they're mysterious. I remember well some of the first days that I was called over to Mike's dad's apartment and and normally, you know, people that hear that, you know, the clergy is coming, they, they wonder, they wonder, you know, how tall and how young or old. But I was graciously met by Mike's dad. And after a number of visits, we talked about many things, his love of his son and love of his family. I've been fortunate enough to be in, be in the homes or the apartments or the hospitals of many. And I think of Joyce Peters today. A number of years ago, this lady comes in and she sits towards the back. And it was towards the end of the church service. I had given the benediction already and I went over to her and her, she introduced herself as Joyce Peters. And I said, can I help you? And she says, my husband's dying. And as Clara's finished playing the, the hymn, I summoned the people that were still in the church to raise their hands towards jo Joyce, and we prayed for Joyce, and we prayed for Bill, her husband. Joyce will never forget that, the times that we took. As a result, Joyce, she brought Mike and Nona to church, and Man, they've been faithful in every department. We must never reckon anything little that concerns the soul. The ways by which the Holy Ghost leads men and women, boys and girls, to Christ are wonderful and mysterious. And I could go on and talk about Chris and the bikers. I mean, I gave up many years ago driving a Harley because it just seemed to be a little noisy and not quite as tight as 
VVX motorcycles, you know. Be careful. Yeah, with crane wheels on. Chris has that. Through our outreach of blessing of the bikes, you know, we've had funeral services for a number of individuals. More recently, John Smith. The Holy Spirit is, is often beginning in a heart a work which shall stand for all eternity. When a, when a looker on observes nothing remarkable, it's remarkable to Jesus. In every work, there must be a beginning. And in spiritual work, that beginning is often very, very small. Do we see a, a careless brother or sister beginning to use the means of grace which, which um, in time past neglected? Can't, I can't tell you how many times that I've witnessed to Christ and encouraged people to come to church and they've been involved in church, made decisions for Christ, got involved. And then he started to kind of maybe put one foot back into the world. It, it might be a, a nice piece, piece of land or property on a lake. And they say, Pastor, we're, we're going to try to go to the cabin just once a month. And I'll see him again. And they'll say, well, we kind of decided that it might be twice a month because it's just the summer and then then it became like three times a month and they kind of drifted away. Work that's done in the spirit at the time may be very small, but it becomes very large. Do we see a, a careless brother or sister beginning to drift from the means of grace which in time past they considered important, but now they neglect? Do we see someone coming to church and listening to the gospel after a long course of, of Sabbath breaking. I can't tell you how many times um, finance committee has met and they've said, well, we got to remove so-and-so from the roles because they haven't been a part of the team. They haven't contributed. And I say, let's give them a little more grace. Let's give them a few more months, a few more years. And, and you know, that interim period of time they've come back they've come back in body and mind and soul and spirit and in giving do we see them coming to church and listening to the gospel after a long course of sabbath breaking when we see such things let us remember let us remember Zacchaeus and 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 let us be hopeful let us not look Holy on that party because their motives are at present very poor and, and questionable. But let us believe, let us believe that it is far better to hear the gospel out of mere curiosity than not to hear it at all. If you're listening by way of television and, or radio or Facebook or whatever means, our brother our brother in this scripture is with this Zacchaeus in the tree. For anything we know, that person may be going farther. Who can tell but that 
they may one day receive Christ joyfully. We learn lastly and thirdly, or we learn thirdly from these verses that Christ, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus' free compassion towards all sinners, towards all sinners, and Christ's power to change, to change hearts and minds. Uh, a more striking instant than that before us is, is impossible to conceive. Unasked, our Lord stops and, he, and our Lord speaks to Zacchaeus. Unasked, he, he sends into the heart uh, of this tax collector the, the renewing grace of the Spirit, and he puts him that very day among the children of God. According to Jeremiah 3:19, how the Spirit works. And it's impossible with such a passage as this before us to exalt too highly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot maintain too strongly that there is in Jesus, in Jesus, an infinite readiness to receive and an infinite ability to save. Save sinners such as you and I. And above all, we cannot hold too firmly that salvation is not of works, but of grace. If ever there was a soul sought and saved without having done anything, anything to deserve it, that soul was the soul of Zacchaeus. And let us grasp these doctrines firmly and, and never, never ever let them go. Their price is above wealth, it's above rubies and grace, and free grace is the only thought which gives us rest, rest and peace in our dying hour. I remember Jeannie holding the phone up to Vern's ear as we prayed, and in that transition from this life to the next that Vern Peterson made, and, and the peace that I felt and the rest that I felt let us proclaim those doctrines confidently to everyone to whom we speak about, about spiritual things. Let us bid them come to Jesus Christ, just as they are, through our dedication and our rededication, and not wait in the vain hope that they can make themselves fit, because none of us, pulpit or pew, can make ourselves fit and worthy to come. It's only through Jesus, not least let us tell them that Jesus Christ waits for them and just go to see Jesus, go towards the light if they would only receive Jesus. I remember in the last moments of my father's transition, and he was always telling me when he, when he hit 90, he said, well, I should have given up at 80. And I said, Dad, you'll feel a lot better when you hit 100. And I would tell him, you know, you know, just hang in there, Dad, hang in there. And some of the last words is, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And now those were tough words for me to receive and to believe because, you know, I'd talk to my dad every morning at about 7.30 and every night about 7.30, and we'd talk about things, and I just miss his voice. To this day, I just think of the many times that we did farm work together and we hunted together and we built things together and worked on things together. And I think 
the accumulation of farm equipment that that I have is because of my dad and and the memories that we shared. Not least, let us tell them that Jesus Christ waits for them and would come and dwell in their poor sinful hearts if they would only receive Jesus. For Jesus says, behold, he says, I stand at the door and I, and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with them and they with me. Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. And we learn lastly from these verses, and those of you who call in and have been touched by our ministry, we appreciate your prayer support, any financial support you can garner. You know, we, we learn lastly from these verses that, that converted sinners will always give will always give evidence of their conversion. We, we are told that Zacchaeus, what did Zacchaeus do? What was his response? And it should be our response, your response, and my response. Zacchaeus said, he stood and he said unto the Lord, the half, can you imagine that? The half of my goods I give unto the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore Fourfold. There was a reality. There was a reality in that, that speech. There was an unmistakable proof that Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a new creature. He was a new creature in Christ. Now, when a, when a wealthy person begins to distribute their riches, and not use the excuses of, of family and leaving inheritance to family, but considers the family of God first and foremost, the church of God, you find total commitment. When this wealthy Christian begins to distribute their riches and an extortioner, this was an extortioner, begins to make restitution, we may well believe that, that old things have passed away and all things have become new, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. There was, there was a decision, a decision in that speech. And what was it? It was two words, I give. I give, says Zacchaeus, I restore. He does not speak of, of future, of future intentions. He does not say that I will, but I do. Freely pardoned. And raised from death to life, Zacchaeus felt that he could not begin as soon to show whose he was and whom he served. He that desires, the person that desires to give proof that they believe should walk, should walk in the steps of Zacchaeus. Like Zacchaeus, let you and I, let you and I thoroughly Renounce the sins which have formerly so have easily beset us. Father, this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, those by way of television and radio and other means of communication, like Zacchaeus, let us follow the, the Christian graces which, which he has formerly most habitually neglected. 
that in any case a believer should so live that all may know that they truly are a believer, that faith that does not purify the heart and life is not faith at all, grace that cannot be seen like light and tasted like salt is not grace but hypocrisy, the person who professes to know Christ and trust Jesus while they cleave to sin in the world is going down to a hell with a lie in their right hand. The heart that has really tasted the grace of Christ will instinctively hate sin. Let us, O Lord, turn from the whole passage, and let us turn from the whole passage with, with the last verse ringing in our ears, that the Son of Man... Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And it is a savior, it is Jesus, more than as a judge that Christ desires to be known. Let us see that we know Jesus as such. Let us take heed that our souls are saved. Once saved and converted, we shall say, what shall we render to the Lord for all his benefits, according to Psalm 66, 12. Once saved, we shall not complain that self-denial, like that of Zacchaeus, is a grievous requirement. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, may we dedicate and rededicate our hearts and our lives by repeating these words. Dear Jesus, help us to see our nature in Zacchaeus. And we want to be redeemed by the blood of Christ Forgive our sins. Come into our heart and lives. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. As we are just kind of opening up our church, I think next Sunday we can probably go back to a more traditional worship service. May it be said that today salvation has come to those by radio or television. I just appreciate those cards and those letters and calls and and the ministry that God has provided for us, all being a part of that, the offering plates are at the back of the church. We thank you in advance. And let us turn to our offertory prayer in our bulletin. And would you join with me in the reading of this offertory prayer? Great and generous God, our lives are surrounded by things that steal our lives, inflict and destroy us, the tithes and offerings we share with you this day are a way of keeping us focused, not on the things that would take life away, but will renew our lives. Hope, love, compassion, empathy. As the Israelites looked to a serpent on a pole for healing, we look to a savior on a cross to be brought back to life. In that holy name, Jesus the Messiah, we pray, amen. Would you stand with me now for the benediction?
God of power and God of wisdom, we give you our eternal thanks for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who came not only to save, but to teach us about your kingdom and, and how we might live, realizing ourselves and readying ourselves for that kingdom. Jesus taught with authority, and we listen. We will live a, a life of generosity, mercy, and compassion. Bless what we give of our time, our talents, and our treasures of life, and help us to be faithful in the use of all our resources that we might live like these and those anticipating your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Is there any announcements? That it's entirely up to the church here. I, this is kind of new to me, but if you want to be seated and you want to grab a mic, it, how long is it? Um, okay. Okay. This, this is completely new to me. Do we have any other announcements that we want to make? Um, maybe come front and center. We do have a, a meal um, provided immediately following. I am. I, it'll, it'll take a second. This is a good thing. I had a dream, and it was about it was about the it was about the the death of. Um, Kurt and in the dream there there's no there's no uh, people or anything it's just it's a scene again and there's voices okay and the voices kept saying resurrect him resurrect him and and I thought to myself and it actually was almost like I was awake but I was not it was the dream and I thought they were talking about resurrecting Kurt. And I went, yeah, well, why didn't they try to resurrect Kurt? Because it is the season, it, this is a dream, it was the it's the season of resurrection, and I'm going, well, why didn't they lay hands on Kurt? But it wasn't about Kurt. It was Randy. And Randy died. It was him. It wasn't Kurt. And the voices kept saying, resurrect him, resurrect him. And Randy was there. It was obscure, but it was, it was him. And all of a sudden, Randy started sitting up and, and sitting up, and he got, and I was surprised, not shocked, and everybody else was, but I didn't see anybody. It was a scene. It wasn't physical. It was a scene. And, there, and Randy got up, and he was walking around, and I was watching it, and that was the end of the dream. And this is a good thing. I don't know what it meant. I, God gives me dreams. The last dream I had was last year. He has not given me one since. And it wasn't, it wasn't, Severe. It wasn't. It wasn't um, crisp or anything, but it was a dream, and that. I mean, that's what she's talking about. And I told that I called Randy up and told him about that, and he got another call. And he, but he did receive it, and he, and that was it. And that's what you know. He was saying, "Now I don't know what that means, but we pray about that." And that's what she wanted me to convey, and. I think 
it's about um, this place and uh, Randy. And I just want to say one more thing. Kurt loved you so much. And he prayed for you. And he loved you. And God loves you. And we love you, Randy, and your wife, and everything about this place. And I think that's why Kurt was, was sent here, for you. He loved you so much. And the church, I don't know much about it, but he was disappointed in that church. And I think that a little bit he was disappointed in this one because we stopped singing praises to God. And we need to resurrect that, and we need to sing to God as loud as we possibly can with your direction by the Holy Spirit. If we do not, the rocks will cry out, and we need to sing to our God most high, and we need to talk about it. But Kurt loved you, and when we stopped the singing, I think that's when he died. He was so crushed. And I, I'm not a seer, I'm not a prophet, I'm not anything, but the dream was. And he loved you beyond measure. Not more than his girlfriend, but he did love you. And that's it. And so we need to sing praises again. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to have like little commitment forms at the back of the church that that no one's going to pass away for another decade or so. We, we've had enough funerals. We need each and every one of us, you know, to, to bring people to church. And by way of television, we, we pray for those who, um, you know, are unable to be with us. But, boy, you know, just we're getting down to... Um, nitty-gritty here so um pray for us you know i you know and i mentioned it earlier you know with with Vern and lee and rabbi and and you know um kurt you know you kind of wonder sometimes you know grief counselors you know i trained in grief counselors for my Jaska county and they say one thing that when you go to a funeral you're not only admitting to the fact of, of your own great grief and loss if you've lost a child or you've lost you know a neighbor or a friend or a spouse or you know one significant in your life you begin to realize that you're mortal you're not immortal you're perishable sure you want to use a mic because Robin's going to come down and kill all of us if you don't use the mic to get the mic. I think we still have like seven minutes of air time, seven minutes of air time, so we're going to maybe use that, and we're going to try to get everybody, you know, to, we have all kinds of food back there, and so if you have any other announcements and you want to come front and center, please come and, and line up and, and use the, the mic, and, um, you get down to a point where, you know, who's next? Is it me? You know, who's next, you know? <laughs> so Marie's already signed that pledge. She's <laughs> going to 105. Where should I put this down? Okay. God bless us all. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Show the love of God to others, and then pray for those who despitefully use you or say all evil against you. Come to church to praise God and thank him. Love him, worship him. That's why we are here, not only to be lifted up and find meaning in our lives, trust God to supply our needs, not our greeds. Yes, ask and it shall be given unto you. Shake down and do not worry. Trust him. God, you said you would supply our needs. I trust you to do so. Keep the faith. People are looking for love and encouragement in a time of trouble, discouragement, illness. We are all hurting people, but are the victorious people who should show the world we have victory in Jesus, Holy and God and the Holy Spirit. Our goal is to see people come to Christ, to seek him as the answer to our problems, to hold strong as the storm rages around us. Not everyone likes us, but that's okay, because not everyone liked our Savior either. But you know what God loves us, so it doesn't matter. We will survive and the glory as a church if we put God first. Pray for willing workers, and I know we need finances, but don't worry. They will come if we put him first. I'm claiming growth here at Olivet and all over and for the kingdom of God, praise the Lord. And dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your love for each and every one of us and, and put a special blessing on Pastor Randy and his ministry and his growth and all the things he has done and all the people's lives he's touched. And we just ask you to guide each of us and like the prayer of Jabez and make our territories grow, that we can reach others for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, sorry I went on. <laughs> sure, now, while you're getting in position, Lord, bless our food and our fellowship and our travels, and may the peace and the grace of God go with us. I never really speak because I'm up in my cage area doing audio, but I will tell you, one thing the Lord has shown me is part of Claudia's vision and the reason Boone died because he died of a broken heart. His first love is the Lord. His second love is music. I know this because my first love is the Lord. My second love is music. The day the music quit playing here broke his heart so bad. And people ask, well, what's going on? I will tell you this. There's a reason I did not make Wednesday's Bible study. I went to my, I went to a church my sister's been going to. They don't social distance. They don't call. They don't believe in this garbage. They praise. They worship. 
they have hymnals. They don't do this garbage. And one thing the Lord has been showing me is this, and I'm asking everyone in this congregation, including you, Randy, who is your God? Because the God I know, the God I know speaks out against this. The God I know anoints people. The God I know lays hands on people. The God I know wants praise and worship. And with all due respect, actions speak louder than words. So is your God really the Lord, or is your God Tim Walsh? From what I can see, I hate to say it, it's the latter. And it breaks my heart. Because we're supposed to praise and worship. We're supposed to fellowship. And I will say this. Yes, I'm a bar musician. And this is the sad part. Every bar I play in, they risk ten times more than the church. If someone gets this so-called virus in the bar, they lose their businesses. They lose their liquor license. They lose their food license. They lose all of that. And that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. What is the church doing? Well, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. And it's pretty sad. People are looking for the truth. Why aren't we rising up and being the church? Because we're bowing down. And the Lord has been showing me this. And I will tell you, who is your God? And the road I come from, from coming from the streets, actions speak louder than words. So everyone needs to think about who they're serving and who they're bowing down to. Because I will tell you, the next death, I feel, is going to be the rapture. And we're coming on Pesach, Passover, which the Passover lamb is Yeshua. And people tell me about Passover. Claudia and Amiel taught me one thing with Passover. It is not a Jewish or Gentile. It's a Jew and Gentile. And that is the Passover lamb of Yeshua. And that was one of the main things Claudia and Amiel have taught me. And that we're going to be celebrating Yeshua's life through the Passover lamb. And Claudia, I'd like you to do the honors and come up and do the Hebrew blessing like your husband would want. Any other announcements okay. here? Um, I normally give parishioners the freedom to make the announcement, and then I give my announcement. And I think maybe in this situation I should have gone first because we, um, you know, we've got word from the governor that you can open up like 75%. So everything that we've kind of talked about it's going to be open next week. So. Okay. Um, I'm, I, this has to be Holy Spirit. I don't know. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam. Pray a, pray a pre, I'm just, hagafen, which is the wine, and the matzah, and the matzah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, creator of the universe, who gives us the bread of life and the blood of life. In Jesus' name, Yeshua. Amen. Thank you. Amen. These two are going to be leading the praise team, and Gary and Chris and anybody else. I think, Julie, you'll be in the praise team next next week, replacing um, anybody that wants to. We're going to be um, opening up and going to the traditional worships. Any other announcements? Gary, did you have an announcement? Okay. You're all dismissed and go immediately to the lounge, and they got all kinds of food there, folks. Thank you. Gary, this is...